Welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast about scenic automation and other cool tech. I'm Cody Green. I'm Christian Bassey. And I'm Mike Wade. Long time no talk. It has been a while. Almost yeah. a month. Almost, Almost a, month. a month. About a month. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got some cool stuff to, that's come up in the past month. I think we do. I think you and uh, Mike potentially had one of the coolest ones, though. You guys were both on site together in New York, New Jersey, somewhere about there. Both Why places. choose? Why yeah. choose? Baby? Yeah. <laughs> both. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. We got to do a gig. You know, what's funny is this one, we like set out to do it together, um, which is good uh-huh. because most of the time when Mike and I end up on site together, it's because something yeah. has gone yeah. horrifically yeah. awry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Not planned, bad, 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 bad. We're like, oh shit, man, I need some help. Yeah. I need some help. <laughs> what flight are you getting on and where is it going? Because it should be to me yeah, tonight. Yeah. It should be going here. <laughs> now. But uh, this yeah, one was did. planned. Right, it was planned right until I abandoned you, Cody. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that part. <laughs> um, started off better than that, though. It totally so started off better yeah. than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think if any of you guys saw on Instagram, I posted up some model shots from a while back of uh, some tracking uh, panels. Uh, and it was that gig. We did that gig. Um, the the thing was for a like corporate upfront meeting uh who is shy about their names being shared uh so we'll try to keep it as vague as we can and you might hear some bleeps um if i fuck that up <laughs> bleep um, or you just won't know what happened either way <laughs> oh right you One of won't the two. know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um but yeah so they had a big um led wall that was a, a bipart it was about a 70 foot truss um and i think the the wall built together was somewhere in that it's like, it like 30, 35 right? yeah, yeah somewhere in there um and they wanted to split at center and track off stage um to do some like reveals and like play content and do some like interesting things um and so yeah so it was like a it was a 2.8 millimeter pitch pretty mm. tight pitch nice for and small. wall nice and yeah small. yeah um, yeah and they're they want it to be totally seamless at center when closed and then open up uh, for a bunch of things that happened on stage. Uh, so, yeah, so we provided uh, the machines and the track and bolted to um, to others trust. So we were just responsible for uh, the automation. For this and this one. was the first time we got to use the new fancy track we just ordered, right? Yes, new we fancy track. It's specifically awesome. ordered track for this. Yeah, so we're using the Cargo M from Garrett's, uh, which I think we talked a little bit last I think time, we did. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think we did, yeah. But now you've actually got to use it. Yeah. Yes. And it was it was awesome. Like, honestly, like yeah. I, that, that is fantastic track and fantastic hardware. Like, the carriers were great. The track was totally smooth, totally awesome, totally rigid. Uh, and just looked super polished um, and was really nice. The track attachment hardware was cool. Um, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of it was. Most of it was totally what they said it was going to be. And then some of it wasn't. Um, but yeah, yeah. And then and then uh, we were doing a bipart effect. So we had some internal chats about like, how do we want to do this? Um, 
do we want to go one push stick running full length on the you know cable run and then just you know grab either sides of the you know cable run to do like a totally typical bipart right or use two separate ones two or separate push sticks two independent push sticks um yeah. and i don't know mike did we talk about that at all i think you yeah. were maybe busy with other stuff and i might have made those decisions before <laughs> it came your way <laughs> i mean i thought we were charging by the pound so two machines was the better <laughs> choice yeah but yeah i I mean, I think, I mean, we hung, we hung two push sticks, one from either end of the truss and, right. uh, you know, and I mean, you said the big boys right there. So, um, it's like, I don't know, almost a thousand pounds worth of machine. Just machine. Yeah. Well, there was, well, it's interesting about that though, right? I mean, from the jump, the thing that was originally told was, Hey, these push sticks are going to be mounted on the ground. Right. And they're going to run up to the truss and cut over. And then there was a question of like, well, can we just have one? Yeah. So it's not, you know, a big trip hazard or can they go up? Or, you know, we were we were debating internally about what the best way to do that was. Because um, a bipart track is not a... Um, we didn't reinvent the wheel on that. That's that's well-versed uh, territory <laughs> in the scenery world. Um but with the the fact that there was a lot of concern about the center seam, we oh thought my gosh, so much concern. We thought, you know what? Two machines that can drive into each other that will, you know, if you want to overdrive them or God forbid, you know, the truss isn't hung center and we need to like shift, then yeah. we're not like up in a boom lift or up in a genie on stage like trying to try and adjust and get back to center while the truss is swaying and all the, that bullshit. When we just run the motors and update the position, we thought, you know what? I think it's worth the extra, you know, shivs and, and effort right. and cable. Cause yeah, the other thing drives. too is this being the, like a, it's a corporate job. So in and out pretty quickly, it's not in Ooh. for a long time or you don't have a lot of time in the space. Yeah. Yeah, totally. The, yeah. Like our tech time was, small to make it happen so like anything yeah. we could up front with like trying to make it better um was good and then we also ended up uh doing some um a video tracking psn for each panel too so like oh, then, then it ended yeah, up being yeah. good that we had two individual axes because then they'd have each wall could each wall had its own uh encoder feedback and blah 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 so yeah um so yeah, so that totally ended up working out great. And then you hung the push sticks. Was that the first time we've done that, or uh... no, not the first time? But I think it was the best implementation of it. <laughs> I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. It did I, actually go quite well. Yeah, yeah. We bolted some. You came up with some little bracket action uh, that we bolted to the uh, to the frame, and then put some pipe on there and just cheeseboro the those things yeah. right to the truss. Yeah, a lot of mega couplers involved. <laughs> a lot of mega couplers. <laughs> a lot of mega couplers. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, so we for this gig we were actually technically hired by the rigging folks um okay. that were doing the gig. Um and so one of the major concerns with putting the machines up is just, well, do we have the capacity? Mm -hmm. And yeah. you know, you, you end up putting at the very far ends of the truss. <laughs> Um, your heaviest yeah. <laughs> loads <laughs> right 
And you're like, hey, how can we actually properly support that and not have this big frowning trust? But since we were hired by the rigging folks, they had a vested interest. Yeah. We had a vested interest. <laughs> like we had points directly above the motors. It totally ended up being fine. Like, yeah, totally. Not, and it ended up being better because the time we needed on the load in was like, you know, hang the track, get the machines in place, bolt the machines up, rope the winches then float the truss and at some point the led nerds will come and they will want to hang some panels and like we didn't have to have that like hang the track float the truss hang the led wall then get in the boom lift run the cable bolt the winches to the ground like having it up all totally out of the way ended up being a pretty good path for us on this one yeah it was super it was really great yeah because i mean we we ran the whole thing while it was at you know head height right like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right totally tension cycled yeah like set limits all that stuff happened uh, you know at standing Working height, height. That's, yeah that's awesome you don't have to be up there trying to mess with it then no yeah 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 uh, yeah i think it totally worked out great and and we like this hardware we like this track we like this hardware it worked out i yeah i yeah totally it worked out great um <laughs> as the as the guy that designed the connections and all the things uh mm-hmm. you know like with anything you always have some notes like sure. we could do everything that had to happen on site um primarily took two tools like two allen key metric allen key sets um a six millimeter and eight millimeter because that's mm-hmm. what all the garrett stuff is right and and, one and then a half inch, <laughs> like one half inch wrench or, or three quarter inch wrench for half inch hardware. Yeah. And then some, uh, you know, the Allen, the socketed cap screws for the cable clamp was quarter 20. So like, like, I think there's some cleanup there in that world just to like, so I can hand some local one stage hands, like two tools and be like, sure, go forth and conquer and like you mm-hmm. can do everything yeah. that your eye can that you should touch is with these you can do with those tools. two tools yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. um but yeah no i think it, it totally worked out great like we use some um of our turnaround shivs on the ends to like kick the cable up out of the push stick down into alignment to run along the track and then we use one of our single um mule shivs mule. Uh, at the end to kick back around is our turnaround. So we kind of like flip those 180 from what their typical use is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that gave us a really nice like five inch center on the track. And since we were only halfway, then like we didn't get a bunch of cable droop um, and like any like really ex- super, super like using the turnaround brackets on the ends, let us mount straight to the side of the track. Cause there's like these T slots uh, on the side. So like we didn't have to like have a big thing hanging down for a single mule shiv on the mm, end. That's nice. So yeah. yeah, so we could just go yep, kick up and around and then down around the end. Instead of using a turnaround, we could keep our spacing to the five inch spacing. Um, it was nice. Which, I, which yeah, it just totally worked out great. Like I think totally. Um, so yes, the hardware was good, and yeah. the Garrett's track is just awesome. Like the wheels on it are great. The load capacity is great. Like. Yeah, this screen, I mean, just the, like the screen itself, all told, was like 3,800 pounds. Right. You know, like, it's a, it's a pretty, it was a it's shocking moment yeah. when I did the math. <laughs> oh, holy crap. 
<laughs> you kind of freaked me out on site because I had done the math and when I designed it and I was like, yeah, great. Awesome. And then you're yeah. like, that LED panel weighs 3,800 pounds. And I was like, wait. It's different when you see it there in person hanging off of it versus when well, you're just typing uh, in the numbers. All told, all told yeah. it's 3,800 pounds. Yeah, not each half. Not each half. Yeah. But I immediately was like, each half is 3,800 oh. pounds? And I was like, that's almost double. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That yeah, I calculated yeah. for because I was like, oh, yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And then I think, you know, I uh, like all of that was awesome. And Cody, we were at four wall in New Jersey doing a test setup like mm-hmm. three days before loading into the venue. And we were in there and it was set up on like hand crank genie towers. And yeah, it was like it was man, it was like butt puckering just to move that thing at like 16 inches a second. And we're like. I don't like, I don't know how fast we can get these things to move without feeling, you know, dangerous. Right. right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was, (laughs) there was so much concern about the scene that we did a test setup out at four wall with, you know, kind of, I guess a third of each, a third or quarter of each. Yeah. Yeah, Very, a very small chunk. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, on these like hand crank kind of like a genie lift without the <laughs> the bucket, yeah, the, really, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and it was swaying a bunch, and it was a little bit calamitous when they were coming together. And we we're like, oh yeah. shit, I don't know, I don't know what our speeds are going to be. Like, it's a pretty wide run, and usually for these reveals, you want it to be pretty pretty snappy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so we we're a little bit worried there, but the thing that was really reassuring was that even there, the seam looked, you know, perfect perfect yeah like, yeah which is good right because it's you know 2.8 millimeter pitch yeah. like you said so like you don't have yeah. a lot of room for air there yeah yeah exactly I mean, there were there were quite a few folks who had very strong opinions about the seam when we were there doing the test fit up and they were like standing in front of it you know no right the edge. Yeah. yeah and they were yeah. like i mean i guess this is okay we're like oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're going to go to a giant theater and this wall is, you know, three times yeah. as large yeah. <laughs> and you're going to be twice as far away. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, in the end, when we actually got it bolted to some rigid truss with even pick points and actually like, you know, up. Yeah, we were. I mean, the show cues, they ended up slowing us down. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, one so, of them, one of them slowed us down, right? Like, um, one of the exits or entrances or something ended up being slowed down in the return. But we were, I mean, I think we started out at like 30 inches a second. These well, fucking <laughs> like 18, 1900 pound walls just moving at each other, <laughs> at each other, each other, yeah, or away from each other. And whatever fool was standing in the way, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We started at 30 inches a second and then they slowed us to 24 inches a second. Yeah. And then even on one of them, then they even wanted even slower to line up with some timing um, for some music. So that felt pretty good. Like everyone was quite impressed with the uh, speed, the speed. And then we met up seamless, like just totally seamless at center, which was awesome. Um, Yeah, no, I think it was a totally great a totally successful little uh, stint. Yeah. Um, I think there was just one little foible in there, right? There was a moment. <laughs> uh, a, 
so this gig was a uh, a bunch of uh it was an upfront meeting so it's like kicking off a bunch of shows so there's a fair amount of celebrities and executives and things like that and um and you know they all have very specific schedules so like it's not in order and just kind of randomly you hop into the middle of a sequence where one celebrity is going to show up they're going to do their little bit and then they're going to go but so they have to get, be able to read off prompter and all the things um and so for one of those that we hopped into uh <laughs> it was a couple uh that they did their little bit they talked about their thing and then they were supposed to like part of the reveal of the thing they were talking about the panels open up and it's a big moment it's great and then they walk upstage through the panels and then and the panels close panels close but because of the timing like they kind of announce it and while it's living in its moment of glory right after that i'm queuing the go as so they should start closing um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so when they show up they throughout the you know not extensive tech process, two days or whatever. Right. They have stand-ins that are reading their text and doing their blocking. So, yeah, they show up. <laughs> the stand-ins, they say, great, have the stand-ins do what you're supposed to do so they know what they're supposed to do. You know, monkey see, monkey do. And then they go upstage. Um, and <laughs> they do that. Everything's great. Yeah. They say, hey, you know, maybe when you're all the way upstage, do a moment where you kind of like look back and do a wave. It's very friendly. That's great. But like I said, upstage, Mm -hmm. upstage Mm -hmm. is where you want to do that moment. Uh, And they go, great. They read off their prompter. We go to run the queue. It opens up. Everything's great. They finish their talking. And so I queue go. They start moving upstage. Everything's fantastic. And then for God knows what reason. One of them stops and stands in the fucking in between the panels. (laughs) Oh, no. For I do not know. I think it was like a, oh, let's have a funny moment. Let me wave. I don't want to go. Sort of like, let me kind of like emote to the crowd moment. But like decides to do that while the fucking panels are careening and i say they're they're blasting towards each other like at 24 inches a second like um, uh, and so yeah so i have to soft stop and like i soft stop and i'm so very very close to e-stopping it because like it because they're standing in the way they are, I mean, I will create yeah. a celebrity pancake if, if these things do not stop now. Um, and luckily, we didn't get to a cat zero stop, but like we were able to, uh, it was able to soft stop because I was, um, we special requested a uh, camera shot that was just kind of pointed straight at center, really close. Um, so you knew exactly where it was at the seam. Yes. Yeah. 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 At the seam. And there was a moment where they're like, well, do you really need this? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and the vindication was fantastic. Because it was, right it was yeah. It's like, oh my God, how much network did I almost kill? Uh yeah. So yeah. And then what was, you know, not awesome that it happened. Like I mean, obviously I never want anybody to be in any uh traumatic scenario. Like they thought it was very funny, whatever. Everyone on comms was very nervous. And I was, you know, <laughs> quite nervous. Right. But you were able to handle it. Great. Yeah. There was a moment from the stage manager that was just like, you know, 
we got our attaboy, like a great job automation. And from that moment on, it kind of felt like for all the rest of the rehearsals, it was just like, these people got it, you know? So there was that confidence built kind of like we got through it and everyone was, you know, fine. Yeah. So that was somewhat encouraging. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Cause we were new to this party. So like this event, they've been doing it for like 20 years and, um, this is our first time doing it yeah. and they'd used different automation vendors before. So, you know, we were kind of like the new folks showing up. So there was, there was something kind of nice of just being like, Oh, Hey, yeah. Like we got you, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. It was almost crush a celebrity. <laughs> yeah. I was standing in the wings watching it. And like, I mean, it just like, she turned so fast. I was like trying to mash my mic button as you know. <laughs> yeah. And it, oh my God, what a terrible moment of like, oh God, things are going to go sideways. <laughs> right. I mean, there was like less than three feet when she decided yeah. to do that. Like it was like three, four feet Ooh. before closing. Yeah. Moving at two feet a second. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. butt puckering right there. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. Yeah. 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 Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yay. But, we got yeah, through so it. Got through it. And then the show, um, we got and, through the rest of tech. Yeah, but how was the show? I should tell you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> you were not there. We were you, we were planned to have us both there through it. Yes. And um in case something happened and something did happen. Yeah. Uh unfortunately. Mike, uh, I, I got the night the before the show. You got the the Covey F baby, the Coroni. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah, which I'm very glad that you're feeling good and in laughing spirits because there was a moment I was like, oh shit, I hope Mike's all right. You know, it, there was that moment, yeah. and then the next moment in my head was like, I guess I'm riding solo. Yeah, I guess you're riding solo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was uh, it sucked. You know, I was feeling like I started feeling like shit after dinner on that last night at like nine o'clock. Started feeling like, and then I got home and I was like, and <laughs> and I was like, man, I don't. I'll feel very good. I, you know, I got a couple of COVID tests and I took one. I was like, oh shit, man, this is two years of taking these fucking things and I've never had a positive. Mm-hmm. And here I am. Yeah. <laughs> First time for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So you we know, left it. We left it was like, like 11. Le- yeah. Like, yeah. Like 11 o'clock or something. And I mean, I got, I took the COVID test, and, you know, and I was like, it was like 1230. I fucking yeah. wrote an email to you know you cody and to the COVID officer and to our you know to the to the rigor who we're working for and i was like hey um i don't think i'm gonna be in tomorrow because <laughs> <laughs> that was also true on base camp too right where you were like not feeling great and then you yeah. listed off like a couple of people like you might have to come down and then i don't know mm-hmm. midnight 1 a.m or something you're like yeah i got COVID." yeah well yeah. there were earlier in the load-in several of the video folk who we of course were the ones working the closest with right like yeah, we were like, working the closest with them like four of them got covid and got yanked out right like got they were they were no longer allowed on site right and yeah and it was like and that was like a couple days before was the last one we're all kind of like looking at each other sideways like i don't know who's the next one who's going down <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. shit <laughs> it was it was a fun i mean 
very glad you're fine. Everything is great. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> I went home. It was 11 when I went home. I got home, took a train, got home within like around 30 minutes, had a pretty good train night, <laughs> which is a first kind of uh, yeah. on this gig. And uh, took the dog for a walk, went to bed. So like by the time you were posting up that like you were positive and shit was going down, I was asleep because I was like, it's a 7 a.m. call time because it's yeah. an early morning show. So like I was dead asleep by the time you're posting any of that up. Yep. <laughs> and so I was like headed to the subway when I like saw that <laughs> all the shit. And I was like, oh, fuck, I should call the COVID officer to make sure like, I mean, they're like, you know, d- trying to define close contacts and, you know, all the things I was like, well, I've been sitting next to Mike and working with him for the best fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. week. Like <laughs> it's I mean, if there's a close contact, it's me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then there was some shop hubbub about like, well, should we get someone down here? And by that point, it was like, you know, show call was 7 a.m but the show didn't start till 9 30 or no a little later yeah maybe it was like 10 or something but like there was a couple of rehearsals in the morning so i was busy there and there was like an appointment at like 8 30 in the morning someone finally you know when the shop started their day started responding i was like well i think we might have missed the moment <laughs> to get anyone here at this point like right because best case scenario it's three hours three hours away yeah right like you're gonna miss the show for sure you probably by the time you get all your shit together your tools you get on a train you get here or you drive whatever like noon or one and that's when the strike starts you're mm-hmm. like I, I don't know if it's really worth it like it, i think the the people who are working with are in the the how important the gig was it felt like the preamble and like the setup and the testing and all the conversations and stuff to like make it happen we had to like reassure a bunch of new people but like at this point i'm gonna run the show it's already set up it's already working and they already have the confidence in you yeah right and then we have the strike and i don't know we have a team of you know local hands to mostly do it and we're just trying to direct them so it kind of felt like mm, I think I've loaded out two access shows before. I think we can make this work. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And, and we did, and we did, and it was totally fine, but it was that kind of, Oh shit moment of like, well, I did get to send one of our, um, our four wall friends over to the side that Mike was normally on. And, um, man, I switched up the order of like who our spotters were. Oh, yeah. Uh, that meant that he got to take a selfie of uh, oh I can't say the names uh, a bunch of celebrities <laughs> asked him for um, <laughs> but it worked out it worked out it fine. worked out it worked out yeah 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 and then I was like why the fuck was I pressing go I should have been a spotter <laughs> yeah <laughs> damn it but yeah nice. yeah it all totally I mean besides the the loadout went great I mean for five hours of it it was just be my, me by myself waiting for decking to go out and lighting mm. to go out and video panels get struck and i was like racking up our you know packing up our racks striking cable um one of the celebrities was inordinately tall so all of the cable uh runs were very very tall <laughs> so like every cable i struck was pain 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't. We had all these reach. loomed cables. Yeah. And it was like in a walkway. So that was the only bummer. And then I had it all put, peeled back. But yeah, it was fine. It was typical New York City lowdown, loadout, trucking bullshit. It kind of felt like some of my Hudson on site days, honestly. It's like, yeah. oh, this old chestnut. Yeah. It's very yeah. familiar then. You were all good. Yeah. It, yeah, it was totally fine. Like, oh, let me go argue with some local ones. Stay chance. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, and then those guys in charge are like backing up 53 foot trailers onto the sidewalk. We're like, yeah. Yeah. Good luck, pal. <laughs> yes. Yes. You, you know, and I am, I have to recognize I'm not the youngest of guys, but I, I look pretty young. I was riding solo. Like everyone I talked to talked to me like I was a fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> which i am but like they didn't have to come at me like that it's like man i don't even know you i don't even know you yeah like hey man i just need some help i'm not strong i cannot push all these well i probably could push a couple of them but then they get very angry when you start pushing stuff and touching stuff and using things it becomes a whole thing it becomes a whole thing yeah get in i haven't had any grievances that i know of and mike has so you know i gotta keep <laughs> just welcome to the world cody yeah exactly just come on exactly. in the water's great yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice but yeah so that was that was the upfront thing that was the cool thing um i think uh i think it i think it went great honestly oh the only thing that i didn't maybe mike i didn't tell you about this was uh we were doing the video tracking and then like 45 minutes to an hour before the show started just one of the axes just stopped working oh you told me this you like oh, texted it to me and i like woke up out of my fucking fever fit and was like <laughs> i don't know what's wrong i was like i was like i don't know that you know or care but like if you're interested this is the problem <laughs> i it sounded i mean you know, I think that brings up an interesting point, right? Like we have this, we have these cool, we have these cool features to have, you know, position data go out, but like, it's, Oh, sorry. Is this what this was? This you texted me. Oh yes, I did. And I 100%. didn't answer you. Nope. <laughs> right away. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mike, okay. go ahead. Sorry. 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 Um, well, so I think it's kind of interesting that like it, we found ourselves in this like, in this sort of predicament, right? Where we like, we have this data that goes out, but I have absolutely no idea what the video guys do with that shit on the other end. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, it's a little blind to be like, you know, I, I don't like, it's hard to help try and figure out what's going on when, when there's just, just at least on from my side like but plain old ignorance on how to set it up in disguise i think was that one but even yeah like, any of them is still like i don't know there's a box over there and a bunch of black magic i don't know what happens in there um, yeah yeah it was interesting i mean i think i've i have done a very small amount of spike mark dev certainly in comparison to uh christian but I have seen the code. It is somewhat simple, right? I mean, it is kind of just like take I mean, this number, spit it out over here. Like it's uh, sure. That's a little reductive, but yeah, okay. that is the basis 
of it. It is because uh, we, we're uh, using a uh, PSN, right? Yes. 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 So it's it's a it's a little more than just you know shit out a number, but but that's kind of we what don't it do is. a lot of handling of it. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of other. We just have to pack it in the right format. Yes. So the which is a predetermined on the other format. End. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, th- that's mostly what it's I mean. PSN like, standard. Yeah. Like it is a standard packaging of this information, and it is you know from our side. Yeah implemented yeah. in a way that has very few options so like if it doesn't right. work it, like i mean it's it's one option and that's on or off. Off. whether it's <laughs> it's no no okay so then maybe two right where it's on off is the one but then the other is whether it's tracking or rotating because that yeah. is a different section of that packet mm-hmm. yeah oh i guess i mean this there is one thing so the mm-hmm. the video folks had lots of um thoughts and feelings about what unit it was coming to them in and which sure. direction things were going and sure. how it was, you know, whatever being scaled, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, from our perspective, we just kind of send our scaled value of what it is that we're seeing in Sparkmark over to them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think potentially there is some cool tidbits uh, as a takeaway, not just being needy LED folk. Um, <laughs> That I think we might be we might be seeing one field on our our box that mm-hmm. could just be the scale factor because they mm-hmm. they wanted it to be both tracking reverse of what we were doing which was you know traveling mm-hmm. forward towards center mm-hmm. and they also wanted it in meters so uh, like mm-hmm. one field box that defaults to just you know scale factor one that mm-hmm. I could have set to like negative. 22.54 or whatever mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. yeah and i did i was i don't know i feel like this is the first time we've talked since since then but i was gonna follow up with you and be like what was that problem because it was i don't know seven o'clock at night or something on a friday or something you texted no i think it was like 7 a.m yeah on, yeah. Um, <laughs> on a wednesday <laughs> yeah <laughs> no oh i don't know whatever oh, maybe it, was. it was the evening where i just asked you about no, i think it was when you were talking to me, yeah, it was. Mm. Well, we were also it? chasing down some other things, right? Like when we got it set up, the we had another Nick, a USB to Ethernet mm-hmm. adapter, and we were trying to send data out to the to the to the media server, and they were like, they were like, it's not working. It must be your computer. We're like, I don't think it is. And like three network adapters later. Um, and the guy was like, oh, I guess our cable's not working. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the funny thing was like, yeah. they were like, oh, must be wrong. But yet they were opening, <laughs> they were opening the window and pinging it. And like, they were looking at network traffic and you could see that it couldn't reach the other computer. And you could see that we were sending packets and you're like, yeah. okay, well, like I am it's- not a networking genius, but I can see that we are sending and you are not receiving. So like, (laughs) this is very little to do with us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think overall they also wanted, they didn't love PSN over, um, they wanted ACN. Um, interesting. Which I, that's the first time that's come up because I, I, the folks I've encountered have quite liked PSN. Yeah. Because I don't know, especially for that kind of a venue, I would have thought, 
PSN would have been the way they wanted because that's the standard with um, oh, VA is the Canadian company, I believe, that developed right. it originally. Mm-hmm. And then MA Lighting ended up partnering with them and made it the, made it yeah. the standard, public standard. Yeah. So they were using D three well, now disguise disguise, um, yeah. which, which I thought I, was really PSN. I thought they had that. I, yeah, they certainly I, were able to take it like one hundred percent. And they ended up like they wanted us to send in meters, but from our perspective, like I wasn't going to rewrite our accused all in meters sure. or do mm-hmm. any rescaling sure. or face swapping or whatever. And so, like, so maybe if there's that one more interstitial step where we could. We could handle convert it for them, make an option, yeah, to do yeah. it right. Might it's be nice. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. I think that this is the first time that anybody has asked us that. Right. Well, and I, I don't know. At least that I know of. This is, you know, the second or th- only the only second or third time that we've actually used PSN. Because mm. I know, mm-hmm. like, originally it was developed for one of our Canadian friends was using it. But then You're right. I really haven't heard of um, any of us using it outside of that up until now. Right. I have, we had a couple people out on the West Coast use it. Okay. Like right after we, right after we re- developed it and released it um, okay. with D3. And they were like, PSN is great. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Right. Okay. And I mean, this was years ago, right? This was like two and a half years ago, maybe. Um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And sounds right. Yeah. Like, uh, let me check the calendar. Um, I do think these folks that just from, from this event specifically were kind of like inundated with video content and screens to program and weird effects to try to tie into it. Mm-hmm. And so they were just mm-hmm. trying to like <laughs> everything we said, if it wasn't exactly what they wanted they would just probe out to us of like can you make these changes and make it work for me yeah because mm-hmm. there are certainly those mm-hmm. options all do exist in d3 mm-hmm. oh sorry disguise um <laughs> and it totally but if it could just come to them the way they wanted it it'd be better exactly yeah it might yeah. be slightly better so that both sides can do their you know yeah their thing. things yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah so but yeah but I it think all it ended up working in the end. I restarted it and it came back and right. for whatever reason, <laughs> the, one of the axes that wasn't working, I think it was just a startup thing. Like, I think I opened um, oh. spike mark mm-hmm. just uh, boot and then I closed it and then I opened the file mm. I think there was something weird in there that, like, maybe one of those, like, the default. Like, double clicking the file kind of a th- open or like a spike mark, then open file. I think I did a open spike mark natively, realized that I should go find the file and I wasn't sure where it was. Mm-hmm. So that I might have, which I normally don't do now <laughs> that I'm saying it, I went and found it in Explorer and opened it. Mm-hmm. And I think probably it just got that default. Yeah. I don't know. There's probably something weird with the. Especially with those outputs. There's um, some weirdness with the way they open. Mm-hmm. And some way that. And just like, yeah. closing it probably yeah. didn't close that socket. And so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I had to restart mm-hmm. the computer. And then once I did that, it was fine. Yeah. There's. Uh, yeah. There's some weirdness there that we yeah. have. Uh, 
logged as issues that we are uh, investigating. So, yeah. So that was that was the uh, that was the upfront meeting. I think it it was two axes that ended up being way more complex than um, I think we initially maybe would have thought of, but it was it all worked out great in the end. Got to work with some new people that we were trying to work with. That was cool. Totally. Too. The yeah, the team on for the show was fantastic. It was awesome to work with them. Yeah. So that I think the next thing on our list to chat about was uh, stuff that you, Christian, were, have mostly been in the mix on mm. for yeah, yeah, product yeah. development. Do you want well, to start? Yeah, both with... product development and uh, what I'm dubbing the great VFD struggle of uh, 2022. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to start VFDs before I, V next? Yeah, I do. Uh, they're kind of both related, but I want to talk about it's, VFDs first. So yeah. Talk to me about VFDs. What, yeah, so VFDs, what's to be wanted? variable frequency drives, uh, kind of the key component in a stagehand, like the controller. One of, right? I arguably, there's kind of like two things happening yeah, in there. That's there's true. There's a control card and mm-hmm. there's a VFD. And, and everything both, else is kind of like connectors. Exactly. And terminal blocks. And, and just mundane uh, relays, right? Yeah. But it's like the drive is very key to the operation of a stagehand. Um, And at the moment, it's really, 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 really difficult. Really, really to get. It can't be that hard, though. Just tell me. Tell me to me straight. Are they hard to get? But but really, really difficult (laughs) to get a drive from Mitsubishi, which is, you know, I don't know, for the last 15 or so years, 18 years, I think 18 now, uh, we've been using the A800, Mitsubishi A800, in our uh, Stagehand Pro. Yeah. Now that you say, like, as you're saying it, I'm like, oh, yeah, we have looked at, through the years, Mm -hmm. many other drives, you know. Yes. Lots of folks have solicited our business. And Um, we've entertained a lot of them, too. And, I mean, there is literally three different competitors of vfds in my closet next to me now (laughs) exactly and you're in new york and i have shelves of different drives from different manufacturers trying to get us to use their drive we felt that it might be real enough that they exist in my apartment in new york and the probably the biggest problem with any of those other people has just been availability and price point and mitsubishi has been king far and away Right, I mean Exa- that's been uh, well. Actually, so it's it's two things, right? Um, and you've hit on the one, right? Is price point and availability. That's yeah. you know, well, that's arguably up until I don't know twenty twenty, availability hasn't been an issue for just about anybody. Uh, right, that's true. Um, so well, mostly price point. One, com- one customer I'm thinking of in particular has. <laughs> or one competitor but yes mostly no but mostly generally across the board availability hasn't really ever been an issue it's always it's it's price point and then honestly most importantly for us is um break sequencing so yeah, we right. we do it a little funny um just in the sense that we use a plc to do the break timing so that's, you know, when does the load brake release versus when does the motor brake release versus when does the motion PID loop start? And, and this we is primarily do that, within the pros. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It, only in pros because it's different for apprentices. But um, 
in the pros, we do it in a PLC and we have it, you know, specifically programmed out to be exactly the way we just like it. And it works pretty good. It's actually, yeah, I mean, not to get too into the weeds on it, like mm-hmm. especially with a lot of our machines, uh, any of the hoists, like we always have our motor brake and we have our load brake. Right. And we very specifically are uh, releasing that. So the load yes. brakes are slower and the motor brakes are faster. And we don't want to get that moment where you're like caught in between, especially if you know anything about VFDs and the low end torque of trying to get mm-hmm. your motor mm-hmm. to hold its load as it starts uh, its motion is much harder. So like that timing and starting motion is all very, very calculated and orchestrated and uh, has led to lots of development on our end to make sure that it all works. (laughs) And it's, and like you're alluding to or saying right outright, right. It's, it's very, and not second, like millisecond Mm -hmm. dependent on when all of the sequencing happens. So for us, you know, the easiest way we've done is just, you know, like we can just code that in right into the PLC and it's been working great for us. Um, you know, most of the drives have this, you know, built-in brake sequencing hoisting functionality, but because we do, because of the way we have our system architected, um, we have our motion controller dedicated on our stagehand card, and then we just drip feed in speed commands to the drive. But the way the drives want it to be able to do this fancy, you know, hoisting brake sequencing is they want to know the desired target the desired speeds, the desired acceleration, all of that ahead of time. They want the whole motion path, essentially, right? Yeah. They want to know from the motor is not moving at all to the motor is not moving at all, right? Like they want... Yes, they they want it all ahead of time. Yep. And that's not the way that works for us, right? Because, you know, if we were to do it the way the drive wanted, you wouldn't be able to stack up a bunch of cues and, you know, run them while another one is running. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of a deal breaker. And when I say kind of, it is. It, right. It's a deal yeah, breaker. Just, yeah. We, we <laughs> like us internally, we just, we want a little more control, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want it to just give it all away to the machines. Exactly. We want to be feeding it and have a little more control throughout so that we can affect change throughout the motion profile. So tuning's more effective and response is more, you know, all, there's lots of good reasons that we right. want it the way we You get a it, smoother but, start, a smoother end, like, right when during those break engage disengage sequences like you don't notice it right it's not like a drop or a pickup or you know anything like that and again you especially notice it with hoisting versus lateral moves um just because gravity forgiving yeah (laughs) uh, (laughs) gravity is so unforgiving and when when it comes to the hoisting yeah you'll notice you'll know Um, oh we lagged a little bit how can i tell we're dropping we're dropping everything is bad Because we dropped the concrete block into the floor. I, I have a whole story Again. about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, so so that's why we've been steering specifically towards the the A800. Um, Mitsubishi's A800 is, it has the built-in PSC, PLC, and we have the program written to be able to do the breaks the way we want them to happen. Uh, yeah, there's totally a cool evolution there of like the A700s we used to use and mm-hmm. the like moving yep. into the A800. We got a lot of things kind of just for free as Mitsubishi uh, updated their yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, 
product lines. So we're like, mm-hmm. oh, sweet. The PLC is better. There's more IO. There's like, there's uh, the encoder card feedback. Like there's a lots of cool things that just like came with it mm-hmm. that until someone says like, what if you don't have it? Right. <laughs> you, right. Right. You kind of take for granted. Right. Uh, yeah. But that's the, but that it is exactly the scenario we're in at the moment is like, okay, but what if it didn't have it? So right. we, um, we initially made a plan to, um, upgrade to the e800 which right. is um Mitsubishi's. we were hyped about it oh and i think we still are we still actually. are we yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And I think <laughs> I uh, we yeah and i think this is the drive we're going to start using in the i'm not going to commit to it now here on the podcast but i'm going to say it's the thing uh we are leaning towards <laughs> for stagehand v next coming uh later this year um, i mean it's What's funny is it it sounds like from uh, your tone that it's like uh, very out there that that would uh, be the direction. But like I have stagehand cases designed and we have yeah, yeah, like boards yeah, yeah. designed from yeah. like two years ago now <laughs> that we were like, we've been hyped on this idea and keep. Yes. Like, you know, when they announced it, we were like, you and I were. Oh, like, yeah. And like, Gareth. Yeah. Were all very this excited drive. about it. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. it. This is it. This is it. Yeah, it, I think because it it's, actually it's might smaller. Be. It's still got a lot of the features we want. It still has a PLC. Like, yeah. e it's missing a little bit of the I/O. It is. It is. That is. That is good, the one compromise take. of it. In our regards, uh, actually, two compromises: um, less I/O, and then also you can't do. And uh, and maybe this is too in the weeds at the moment, but um, you can't have a remote uh, faceplate. The remote faceplate, yeah, but but now that Modbus works, you don't need it. Yeah, I mean, kudos to you for a hundred percent because the Modbus is so good now. Like, yeah, yeah, the uh, oh my god, it's awesome. Yeah, to get, it's totally even awesome. More into the weeds, which we can totally come back around <laughs> to it. But like the reason that I started drawing another version of the the stagehand mm-hmm. with an E800 in it was because of the last, you know, being on site and then mm-hmm. just the gig before I did on this mm-hmm. one was how good the drive functionality was on yeah. Modbus. That yeah. I was like, oh, this is that thing that we were talking about a while ago when I was <laughs> gutting contactors and hardware out of the stagehand when I first got my pause back on the stagehand design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, was like, oh, this is really, really good now. This is fantastic. Yeah. We can it's, rely on this. The, and I think that's the key thing there is like, it is now reliable. Yeah. Um, sorry. We totally, I totally derailed you with yeah. other but, stuff. What was, but, it, what was it about that? So but I think that is now looking that at that sums it up though. It's like we were anticipating be able to, being able to get the E800 and we were really excited and are still really excited about using this drive. However, you know, current climate, current supply chains, like those dates for those drives keep getting pushed. Um, we were expecting to see, I, I, the number is, I'm going to say 25. We were supposed to see 25 of these drives end of April. And end of April comes around and uh, we got noticed like, oh yeah, and this has slipped till end of July. Right. And... In the interim, we had made the decision that, like, oh, we're going to see these new drives. We're going to put them into our rentals. It's going to be great. So we took 
A800s out of rentals so we could build stagehands to sell. We could build stock stagehands yeah. to sell yeah. and then put into our rental stock the kind of like, the, you know, kind of slightly new newer, yes. even though we've been playing with them more. Like, But I, still a little bit different for the case, a right. little bit different for the stagehand yeah. 3.2. Uh, right. Like, we are like, yeah, we got rentals and you know, typically with our rentals, we're a little bit more hands-on anyways. So, you right. know, like, kind we of know how it's going to go out. We can buffer. make sure it's perfect. Yeah. But yeah, we'd committed enough that like I redesigned the faceplates and ordered and purchased like new faceplates to accommodate the mounting of the right. 800s. Like we For were about 25 of them. Geared uh, up to yeah. do it. Like, this is great. I don't know. Just a little bit of a tangent there. It's like, it is so agonizingly close to the mounting holes for the A800. Like, it's millimeters different. It's five millimeters different. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. The, width, is so the height close. is drastically different. It's yes, about half as tall. Yes. Yeah. But the width, it's like so close to being yeah. dead on. Yeah. Cause we couldn't, it was so close, in fact, that like you couldn't just blow the holes out. You, like, you know, yeah. we couldn't. Yeah. Like, if it was a little bit skinnier, you could just, you know, use one of them and drill three new holes and carry on your way. But like it was enough in the way that it yeah. was like, uh, this isn't going to work. Yeah. And we want to get the sensor override and use a new car. Uh, sure. There's other reasons, other tips, but, but, yeah. but the drive didn't fit. Um, but anyway, so that was our plan. We were going to move forward. We we're going to use, going to put those into our, into our rentals. Uh, it was going to be great. But then that date slipped till, I don't know, two more months, three more months. And that was less good. So then we're like, okay, what exists out in the world that we can build? Because so we had two problems, right? Is there, we have half of our rental fleet doesn't have drives, so we can't control motors. And then also <laughs> uh, we can't build new things. So people put in an order, we can't fulfill an order. So how are we going to fix either preferably both of those things so we started looking around and you know sew can't get anything fast can't get anything better than you know three months nord can't do better than nine months um mitsubishi can't get us these a800s or e800s or a700s um sorry a800s and uh so we kept looking, we kept looking, and turns out Mitsubishi does have E700s in the world. And we're like, oh, there's 35 horse E700s. That, that has most could of the digits. Be perfect. The same. Yeah. That's both, that's five horsepowers. That's uh, a Mitsubishi drive we know we can use. Um, Modbus almost fully works for that specific drive model. Um, this could be really great. So, and also, we just happened to have a five horse one sitting at my desk. So, we were like, okay, let's do some testing. Because, so one of the big differences in the E700 is that we're not using an encoder feedback card on the drive. So, we can't do uh, full vector control. But we just did this, you know, we've talked about it before, but this big job out in California in 2020 where we did... 2021, a, but yeah. Yeah, 2021, yep. 
Uh, yeah, it feels like it's I don't know. It was only <laughs> between 2019 ago. and today. It feels like I don't know a couple of days. Um, but multi motors that we did a bunch of multi motors exactly, control. not in full vector, but um, also still hoisting. Still, yes, exactly. We did a bunch of hoisting non full vector, and we had a lot of great success. I would say we did a good job. Like and, it was good and motion. As- and we stumbled as we like had to do it in anger of like you can't yes. make it vector. Found a whole myriad of different parameters, parameters to change it to make it better. To, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of parameters, and we found a bunch of them that made it just great. And also, while we were doing that process, we found a couple other ones where um, uh, there's two parameters. I want to say it's like 152 and 151 or 153 or something like that, where turns out it's doing it's a minimum current output, mm-hmm. which is almost exactly like what we're trying to do in the PLC. We're like, right. hmm, that's interesting. It has built-in parameters that are doing what we're trying to do. Right. This could be interesting to explore later. So now, and then later, later is came, now, and yeah. later is now. Yeah. And how did that go? Because <laughs> I was at mm-hmm. this last gig they were just talking about and saw it pop up, and then had to like briefly look at the EA E seven hundred like catalog in while I was sitting at tech going, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's interesting. They're going down that path. Hmm. I don't really know anything about that." I'm yeah. 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 Knee deep so, over here. So yeah. tell me about it. And so we got to finally use those those parameters. Like, oh, this is kind of great. So I set up the stagehand with the E700 and a Spotline, and I um, started trying to use those new parameters to control the load break instead of the PLC. And initially, things were not working. It was not great. Um, We were pulling through the load break. It was jerky motion at the start. You'd get a couple of of jumps as it was trying to pull through the break, and it just didn't look good which is important for what we do. It does matter right. what it looks like. Yeah. So ultimately, um, it's the Y13 signal, which is the minimum current. wasn't ultimately working out the way I wanted it to. So there's another signal, the Y12 signal, which is you can output a signal once you have reached a certain uh, current output. It's a subtle difference between the two, but enough of a difference where Y12 worked versus Y13. And that could be too in the weeds at the moment. But but anyway, so we there was this signal that would work. And once we switched to using that, it was looking really good. Like motion was super smooth. It started and stopped great. You would never know this was not full vector control that we were in volts hertz with no encoder feedback into the drive. You would never know. Right, that sounds pretty promising. Exactly, right? it was it was really gets... promising. We were really excited about it. It's like, oh, we can do this. This is gonna look, this is gonna work. Right, like those are the like looking at the list of differences between those drives. You're like, sweet, we've gotten through like full vector. We you, like we've gotten the motion profile. We've got IOs sorted. Like what? So what? Why? Why doesn't it work? Right, and. <laughs> 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 tell me the so, bad stuff. Christian, Christian, uh, Christian, uh, tell me the bad stuff. <laughs> so, uh, well, there's a new hole. It's working in good. It's working good. <laughs> um, 
one of the pro one of the parameters we found it's um you can set a load profile which is you can boost the torque in a specific direction for a specific amount of time um based on how you set this profile so the idea behind the profile is that like oh you're always you know you're running like a crane or something and you're always lifting up so in that up direction you need some more torque or in that down direction you want more torque depending on your scenario um and so you can set specific load profiles which will allow you to override stall prevention and maximum torque output and those kinds of um, parameters for a very brief amount of time in a specific direction and um that works great i mean and makes great motion However, if you are running, say, if you're jogging, trying to jog, and you know, you're know you doing a forward jog, you do a reverse jog, the load isn't moving. However, you had just previously been moving reverse. If you continue to hold that button, you will dramatically find the maintenance position. Um, <laughs> the floor. AKA, the load is going to come to the ground very fast. <laughs> You're at like a zero enable, and it's just like, yeah, cool. We're fine. We'll yeah. let go. And then all of a sudden, just maintenance position. Um, and that's kind of problematic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty much, it's a late find, but a total deal killer. Yeah, yeah. And all of that, though, comes down to, uh, like in that specific one, though, was like the way we were doing jog. And so a little bit, some a few tweaks in the firmware, and I was able to eliminate that. So you could do that all day, and you're never going to drop your load now, which was, right. which made it very promising. We're like, this is great. However, the the real ultimate problem that eliminated the drive from consideration was we went back to our um, failure mode analysis, and started working through all the different failure modes. And we got to the one where it's, okay, you are you're running the motor in a queue, and you lose the encoder. And on an A800, you are monitoring the speed encoder, and so it will know if you lose the speed encoder or if you start overspeeding the drive. Um, and you'll know. The drive will know, and it will stop motion, throw the brakes, uh, come to a safe stop. However, because on the E700 we don't have that encoder feedback card and you lose the encoder, it is just going to either go screaming into the ground because the motion control loop has now lost the the feedback, the position feedback, so it thinks it's way behind, so it's going to immediately jump up to 60 hertz or if you're overspeeding, up to 120 hertz and drive it right into the ground or it's going to drive it right up into the whatever is holding it up in the air, which is not okay. No, neither are good. None of it's good. Neither of those sound like yeah. a great uh, idea. <laughs> During the testing, I had it out set up in our shop, and uh, I was dropping the 500 pounds into the cement so much that Harry got up out of his desk and pulled out one of our uh, like giant rubber mats and uh, pulled it under my weight stack because I was uh, kept I kept dropping it so much and making so much noise. And uh, <laughs> that's funny. 
that's that must be severe because the other day I was trying to talk to him about some other stuff and it sounded like someone was directly behind him dropping like a thousand wrenches per second. And he had no qualms. That was also me. I was just using a chain fall, though. That's what that was. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 2,000 pounds on a chain fall at my desk. Yeah. yeah. But, but you yeah, know, like, I, <laughs> it, it was very consistent. Like, boom, into the ground. Boom, into the ground. And uh, yeah. Harry was like, yeah, you know what could be better? Not that. And so. Uh, he didn't say, you know, it could be better. An A eight hundred. No, a rubber mat. Yeah. So you dampen that sound when it hits the ground. Sure. But sure, yeah. But so ultimately, we were like, "Hmm, this E seven hundred is not gonna work out." Yeah, it. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I guess you know, technically, it's a bit of a mixed bag because like we're always trying to sharpen the knife and always try to make sure that we're like selling the best product for the you know the most affordable cost for our customers. And we realized like, no, no, no. Like we made a lot of good decisions along the way to the thing that we are currently selling. It's just really frustrating when the thing that we're selling is not available. Yeah. It's, um, it's difficult. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the only other thing that uh, we've talked a little bit about is just, or maybe it was just me and Gareth were talking about it was, on the horizon is potentially the KEB drive. Yeah. And so during this process, again, we were also looking at like, what drives can you get right now? And back when we were exploring EtherCAT, when you know, we were going to go EtherCAT for StageHand V next, we've got a couple of the KEB S6 drives, which are um, pretty remarkable drives feature-wise for the price. Oh, 100%. Um, and... You're like, oh, this one we're doing, you've got like, this is the perfect drive. This is what we're going to use. Right. I mean, so we, we were like a couple, like we were dead set on putting this into a version of the stagehand at that point. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. it was, it was not even just decided. a stagehand, like the stagehand. The this was going to be the drive. Yeah. yeah. If we, when we had the ethercat going and that was what we were doing, I was like, yeah, oh, it was this drive. Yeah. It just kind of has a crazy feature set for the price, right? Like right. two encoders right into the drive. All this IO natively talks EtherCAT, you know. Natively just, talks can. Natively, natively talks can. Like, it just like all the things you could want, it just natively did for a really great price. Like doesn't care how it's mounted. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's a baller drive. And yeah. the KB folks are are great. I mean, yeah. honestly, they're very responsive, very nice. To yes, talk to just about yeah, anything. yeah. And we're like, this is going to be the drive. And so we got a couple. I think even you, Cody, have a setup in your. Yeah, I have. In your, I have how, a, in your apartment, right? Yeah, I have. I have. I have an S6 drive sitting in my closet. With it a was servo. on the desk yeah. the other day. Yeah, with a yeah. servo motor. Because that's the other really interesting thing about this drive is like it can do both induction and servo. Right. Um, Which it's funny to come back around to it because currently we have like a myriad of servos and we have a couple of VFDs and you're like, what if yeah. we had not that? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> But um, so so anyway, so we have a couple of these on the shelf, and you're like, oh, but you know they're EtherCAT. I don't know, like, eh, they really couldn't work for us. And then did a little bit more investigation. It's like, oh, but it does have two analog inputs, which you know we normally control our the A800 to a zero to five volt analog signal. 
And so we're like, oh, that's interesting. Did a little more research. Like, oh, this drive could work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually they were, our uh, KB rep was actually out here last week. And he stopped by and we were talking about it. And it's like, yeah, you could totally use the S6 in this more quote unquote dumb mode, which is just a zero to five volt analog signal. So, and on top of that, it's available. Um, it's available. It's got, I mean, the in the horsepower we want. In the horsepower yeah. we want. And it's got the dual encoder input. And like, it's just, it's, it's got all of the things, all the boxes. Uh, so long as we can like sort through some of, I mean, it was good on the like <laughs> interacting with it when you're talking EtherCAT, right? But that is like saying like it's it's good for talking to you in a different language. Like it, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a right. whole, whole different ballpark when you're talking to EtherCAT. And so now we have to like sort through like, well, how do you use this with Spike Mark? How do you right. actually and so, with this drive? Exactly, and so they um. Like I said, our KB rep was out here last week, and he was like, yeah, so like, what do we need to do to get you guys to start using the drives? Like, do you need some engineering resources? How about we have a couple guys come out for a couple of days and we get this working for you? So um, next month, uh, we're going to have a couple of KB, KEB application engineers coming out and uh, helping us to uh, see if we can use this drive. And it's going to be uh, really exciting because you know they have them in stock. You can buy them today. Right. Get them in less than a week. Right. Yeah. And they're purple. And they're purple. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And they do just put the both, uh, both <laughs> induction and servo, which is, you know. That's cool for new things. In the new most things. short term, not that interesting. But, you know, in the right. things to come, like, oh, that is a. Uh, that's an interesting idea. Some interesting possibilities. Right. Yeah. We've been trying to get like to one VFD to rule them all, but now we might be able to get like to one drive, which is cool. <laughs> right. Right. Doesn't matter yeah. what it is. It's this. Exactly. Yeah. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, I think probably maybe, I don't even know if it'll be next podcast, but maybe two podcasts from now, I think there'll be some exciting stuff to share on that front. Yeah, yeah. Between yeah. it and the way that it, it interacts with our new control card. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which we're doing a lot on, but I think, but next month, this could be a big month for that. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, so, you know, that's the big, uh, that's the great VFD <laughs> struggle of uh, 2022. Yeah. Hopefully, I I hope at least two folks that listen to the podcast were really excited about hearing all about how VFDs work. Uh, And if not, (laughs) then they might be joining us just now. (laughs) Right. And if you're joining us just now, uh, Cody, you did something pretty cool last month, right? I did. uh, I did. I I did. Uh, I got invited to uh, be a judge at the uh, at a stage machine design. Um out at Purdue uh, by Rich Dion. And I, it was fantastic. It was awesome. Uh, I had never participated in anything like that before. Like I'd been to USITT and uh, help with some uh, sessions before, but never been a, a judge of uh, <laughs> folks work. Um, and yeah, it was awesome. It was totally cool. Uh, 
it was a um, the project that the five team five or six I don't you know I don't remember mm-hmm. now honestly mm-hmm. several teams uh, <laughs> were given a prompt which uh, Rich came up with which was um, a clock. Essentially, the idea was that during a show, there was a clock that had three hands that had to uh, function at one speed and direction. And then in the middle of the show, like as if there was some sort of time travel sort of event, had to come up with another set of speeds and directions for those same hands. And like, how can you design a machine that can be easily changed over between those effects uh, mid show? Mm -hmm. Uh, mm. Like with the caveat that you had to use one input controller, like one motor, essentially. Okay. Um, if you're going to use a motor, like one way to generate torque and make speed happen. So, like, uh, when I read it, as if I was reading any of the bid things that I work on <laughs> in my day to day life, was like, okay, three motors. Uh-huh. Like, oh, no, you can't do that. <laughs> like, oh, okay, shit. Um, like that's three motors with three stage hands and I'm done and I'm on to the next one. Uh, and these poor f- souls had to come up with some very complicated gearings to get all of them to work at the speeds and rates and directions um, to make it all work, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty cool, which is, it was, it was very, very cool. Um, and, and not something that I, in my college uh, life, had the opportunity to like the only stage machines I ever made were for shows and like, okay. mm-hmm. always had to like be, they had to work for sure because <laughs> like the show, show had, had happen. to happen. Uh-huh. Uh, so you're very conservative and you know, you cut a lot of things and don't try a lot of things. Cause you're just like, it's gotta, it's gotta work. work. It's gotta work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it was a really cool moment to just, you know, have a bunch of kids show up and try to make some shit work. And not all of them did, <laughs> um, which I'm sure for them was agonizing. But mm-hmm. as the judge, it was cool to be like, oh, you really swung for the fences. And there in the middle of that uh, thing that clearly does not work currently mm-hmm. is a nugget of a fantastic idea. Right. Uh, and, and just have that space to play. And, and you know, it doesn't have to work. Right. Like the, yeah, the show isn't like, dependent on it. Nah. In, I, I hope that in this podcast and in the things we put out into the world is uh, we often tell you about all the ways that things did not work. Um, <laughs> right? And it felt very cool. I mean, some of the, yeah, the, the I kids mean, that shit. Their, their project did not work and they still got some, you know, each time, the way it worked was each team got some time to talk to us, the judges, and mm-hmm. show us their project. And and two of them just straight up, they didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was their moment of like, yeah, this doesn't work. Like, this is what we were going with. And this is how we got here. Like, what's why? Mm-hmm. What do you? Yeah. What do you think? This is what we think. And then they got a little bit of a moment to ask us what we thought. And so that was pretty cool. Just be like, well, you know, like. Give them some feedback and mm-hmm. think about machine design, which is something that, you know, if you're a, a theater student, uh, doesn't probably doesn't come up that often of like, you know, what's your shaft diameter? Where, what are your, right. ba- what's your bearings? So, like, what kind of bearings then do you have? Those what? details, those nitty gritty right. details. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so it was pretty cool. And then on the, on the other side of it, mm-hmm. there was some teams that really totally crushed it. Um, like, the... And this was mostly just them 
the machine design, right? Not control. Yes. Yeah. This was, yeah, specifically about the machine design. So because it was a clock that they were trying to do, there was very specific gear ratios and ratios and outputs that they were trying to hit mm-hmm. um, to make it all work, which um, essentially it was, it was a clock that was trying to all work like at, if you condensed a day into a minute. So it was like okay. very weird mm-hmm. speeds and ratios to each mm-hmm. other that mm-hmm. was trying to happen. Um, but like the Northern Illinois team, North, I don't know, I'm going to butcher all the universities. Um, <laughs> I th- If they're listening, I'm very sorry. Uh, but I remember all of them uh, had like a fantastic like aluminum water jet welded with like a bunch of really fancy components and like a great control system and all the things like kind of like all baked in Mm -hmm. um and like their tensioning between um axe was like a pre-made um like chain idler system so like the spring-loaded idlers that like we've used Mm -hmm. on machines before Mm -hmm. um you kind of like pull one, pull a belt off and then like jump it to another one. Um, and it worked fantastically. Um, but like, even within all of that mix, like one of their hands in the first configuration was at like the wrong ratio. So it was like, Mm. Oh shit. Like, Uh, you know, like super polished, super well-developed, but like it's, it's, it was a genuinely very hard thing to achieve, um, to get it to all do it. Um, but it it was great like they had a half horsepower motor with like a vfd that took in uh like 110 power and could spit out a three phase uh like half horsepower motor induction motor Uh on the outside so it's like oh there's like a little apprentice in there Um, (laughs) which i think was like an adaption of one of their uh like stock show control things because i think um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh shout out to uh tracy nunnally that is uh, a customer and also a friend of the company uh, mm-hmm. it was an advisor for them so it was, it was good to see him um yeah so their project was super super impressive and polished and finished on that was fantastic um and then I, I would say that was kind of like a tier above just in the production value of the machines sure um i mean water jetted uh <laughs> aluminum and aluminum, welded aluminum yeah. was pretty pretty baller yeah uh but then there was there was many other good teams that had some really cool, compelling things. Like the one of the teams from Valpo had like to get between the two gear stages, they had like a uh, essentially had like each ratio running all the time, and then had like a really cool like clutch shifter gear mm. to huh. move between the two phases, like that like nailed the like what i would kind of conceive like what you could reasonably ask a stagehand mid move on stage to do oh like they focused in on that and i was Mm -hmm. like oh man that team so like i think they got most effective like there was several awards that were given out and they got most Mm -hmm. effective and Mm -hmm. um so that was pretty sweet um and then uh I'm just going to shout out a couple teams because if Go for it. Yeah. I'm totally uh, down. Arizona had uh, University of Arizona, Arizona University, whichever one that is. Uh, they Sorry. had a fantastic, um, their proposal for it was fantastic. Like they had like 3D models, screenshots, and mm-hmm. all of their calculations all super listed and like just totally 
uh, bang on uh, documentation, which was super cool. And then um, the other special shout out I have to give is is per, one of the teams for Purdue. Uh, uh, one of the guys, Trevor, and like that I talked to a bit about it. Mm-hmm. I realized that it was machine design, but I'm. I design machines for us, but I largely do a lot of controls and they kind of excite me the most. And he had um, done uh, an Arduino to a PWM controller and had written the code for the PID loop to get it to time to do the two different moves. That's that's involved. Yeah, that's pretty (laughs) impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, I, I have read the prompt. I have read what we're supposed to be talking about here, which is machine design. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't. But that's help. still impressive. I could not help but be very excited about uh, having someone write their own motion controller, essentially. Yeah. That, <laughs> it, yeah. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, and so, yeah, I swung by afterwards and was like, hey here's my card <laughs> call like, us uh-huh. call us if you're looking for work let me know or yeah. any of you listening let us know if those if that's your bag we yeah definitely yeah, yeah um or email careers at creative connors exactly yes yeah. uh yeah because we got super into the weeds talking about like oh where does you know what what's your pid looking at is it looking at speed or position or you know like what's the timing on it i was like oh uh-huh. you know like how how does ours work versus his? And I was like, well, yeah, I, it, it was pretty cool. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, even slightly outside the scope of what the competition was about, it was really great to go out and like meet a bunch of um, young kids that are excited about the stuff that get us excited. So um, yeah, That's no, so awesome. it was awesome. So yeah. we sponsored the event, and and I was able, luckily, able to go and judge. Uh, and so thanks thanks to Rich and the Purdue folks and USITT folks to uh, have us out. Like, I, I had a great time. That's awesome. Sounds like it was a cool event. Yeah, it was a cool. It's a nice way to spend the weekend. Um, and then I was in Indianapolis and mm. see some cool IndyCar. Oh, nice. Cars nice, nice. And I, I did get caught in the airport on the way back because uh, <laughs> I had a canceled flight. Mm. So I had to watch the F1 race while I was uh, sitting in the airport. Mm. That was a little disappointing. That was yeah. a little sad. But, you know, that's that's typical travel stuff. That's how it happens, though. Yeah. It does. It goes that way. <laughs> um, but I think the... So, yeah, that was all very cool and, and stuff. But I, but I think the thing that everybody really wants to know, though, that I said we were going to follow up on, but you were mm-hmm. being a dick about it. You're like, no, you don't really care. We're not going to follow up. But now sure. we are is um how's bowling going bowling is going um, <laughs> bowling is good uh last week was a both a high and a low for me um mm-hmm. let's say my average is about 115 okay and then last week I bowled both my worst and my best game by a pretty wide margin. <laughs> I bowled a 87. Okay. Okay. And it's a little lower. A 168. Oh, those are <laughs> drastically different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I like bowled a turkey and had like a fantastic match where I like closed up like almost every wow. spare. <laughs> and then I also we switched one lane to the right at the bowling alley we were at. 
and could not get shit done. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So in a weird way, my average stayed about the same, which is good. But we managed to lose every game that oh, night. Nice, nice. Um, and um, how are you liking your uh, Baja Blast ball? <laughs> the uh, tropical blast I don't know. tropical blast uh, tropical okay. surge i think is what uh, it's really okay. called uh-huh. uh is good it's good i like it a lot it uh on one lane more than another but <laughs> um no it's good it's fun it's cool i like out of that other uh upfront meeting i like uh we work till I don't know, nine thirty or something out on the day of loading and, and I mm-hmm. brought my bowling ball with me and like mm-hmm. shot over like down to Brooklyn to like get one of the games in. Uh and we won the game. So I was like, Oh yeah, that was awesome. Nice. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then the next week, which was like the day of the strike or something, I went and bowled again and that was the day I did my best and my worst. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, bowling so far totally uh medium <laughs> i think i'm getting better that's but, good that's what you want yeah, yeah that's what you want to do yeah, yeah so cool um yeah so that yeah i think that's it right i mean i, I, I think that wraps it up talk about. thanks everybody uh we will catch you all next week uh not next week listening. next month oh i said week shit <laughs> cut that <laughs> Maybe thanks next. everybody we'll talk to you guys next month <laughs> <laughs> yeah.